In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning's gospel takes us along with Jesus and the disciples to Caesarea Philippi. It's the site of an ancient spring in northern Israel, and Herod the Great, who uh, was the governor who met the Magi seeking the infant Jesus, remember that story, around Christmas time, Feast of the Epiphany. Well, Herod built a temple to the pagan god Pan on the site of the springs. But not just a temple, I don't know how much Herod really cared about the temples as much as his luxurious resorts. I visited one of them uh, when we went to the Holy Land in January. Uh, but this one in Caesarea Philippi was especially grand. And uh, he clearly had good taste. It was fertile land, you know, nice spring, a beautiful place to build a palace. So there he had his uh, sort of political and administrative um, headquarters, one of them. And it's in this place in Caesarea Philippi with its religious backdrop, the temple, uh, to Pan, and the political backdrop, Herod, uh, that Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So the disciples tell him. They say that uh, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, perhaps Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. That's at least what the disciples tell Jesus. They don't say the bad things that they've heard that they're saying about him, but, you know, a prophet of sorts. And then we get to that place in our gospel reading that, in my mind, is the most crucial question in all of Scripture. Big claim. So if you haven't listened to anything yet, pay attention now. I think it's the most crucial in all of Scripture and in our life of faith. Jesus' question, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? That was the question that changed the direction of my life in my early 20s. I've talked about that before. Happy to share it if you haven't heard the story. Won't do so now. But that question transformed the direction of my life. And our response to that question has the power to shape our lives every single day. Who do you say that I am? I want to keep that question at the center of our life together here at St. James for, God willing, the years to come. But ultimately, I don't want that question just to remain an interesting question that we never respond to. We Episcopalians love our questions, living the questions, resting in the questions, and that's great. I mean, really, that we want to look at things from all angles and really inquire and use everything that God's given us to see every side of an argument. But I don't want this just to be posed as an interesting question that we look at Jesus from every angle and never make a decision, never respond, you know, to answer it. And by the grace of God that we receive in this place, that we might find the courage, uh, we might find the faith to confess with Peter in today's gospel that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And with that confession on our lips, to show forth with our lives the power and the mercy of God revealed to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. To present our bodies, to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. 
to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our hearts and the renewal of our minds through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we each have a role to play. Paul tells us in today's letter to the Romans, we're one body, we receive one spirit, and that spirit transforms each one of us into the likeness of Christ so that we might be little Christ, each with our own gifts, teachers, leaders, persons of good cheer. Do you know that's a spiritual gift, to be a person of good cheer? To have encouragement for each other, to care for each other. All of these qualities, unique to each one of us, they're strengthened, they're intensified by the grace that we receive when we stake our lives on Jesus Christ. We stake our lives on him, put our trust in him, we receive grace, the thing God only can give us, and it elevates our nature. That's what St. Thomas Aquinas said, it's good enough for me. Elevating our nature, making each one of you more you, more Tom, more Mary, more Zach, more of your own person that God has created. Grace is elevating that, intensifying it. And friends, you're gonna get tired of me saying that Jesus is the center of our lives together, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. I'm just gonna keep saying it over and over again. The center of our life, the only reason there's a church, the only reason we gather, Jesus Christ, and the grace that he wants to share with us. So everything we do as a church, our service, our outreach to the world, our fellowship, our care for one another, all of it is flowing from what? Presenting our bodies here for our spiritual worship. Presenting ourselves to this altar week in and week out and being fed with Christ's life staking our lives on him, the redemptive love that is the mystery at the heart of all reality. You know, Jesus asked his friends, who do you say that I am? With the backdrop of competing powers vying for their allegiance. And so this morning, the living Christ puts the question to us in the midst of our culture, what are the powers at work in our world, the powers, the principalities in our world that yearn to draw us in and make us believe that they're the most important thing, that they are to be at the center of our lives, that we could stake our lives on it? Is it wealth, power, beauty, success, worth? We each have our various gods that we serve, whether we know it or not right, that are vying for our allegiance. And I think they're worth calling gods because they have power. Power to deceive us into thinking that they are of ultimate worth. What I mean to say is that our culture is shaping us to worship certain things, to give them first place. And it's good for us to name these things so that we know uh, what they are. And I would venture a guess that the gods fall into a different hierarchy for each one of us. But we share enough in common, just living in our culture. We share enough of those gods vying for our allegiance in common. 
You know, Caesarea Philippi in Jesus' day was meant to encourage the people to serve Herod. With an, a nod to Pan, Herod didn't really care what you thought about Pan. It was just that you didn't get in the way of his empire making, his agenda. But the disciples in Caesarea Philippi 2,000 years ago and us today, we're called to a different way what our presiding bishop calls the way of love. It's the way of Jesus. You all know the saying, others will know that we are Christians by our love. Our love is given shape, it's, giving, it's given strength and power. It comes to life in us through our spiritual worship, through the grace that we receive this morning when we make the confession of faith from the place of our hearts that Jesus is the Son of the living God, as we stretch out our hands to be fed with his life so that his way might take root in us. What a wondrous love that's gathered us together this morning. I think we should stake our lives on it. Stake our lives on this love that's poured out for you and that's poured out for the life of the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.